Hello, happy site owners and webmasters. Welcome to the Blog A Tips Tuesday podcast for October 11th, 2022. And I'm your host, Mayanna. Tips this week include why mental bandwidth is more important than how much time you have. The GA4 course vetting is underway. Woo! I've got an example for you of GA4 opt-in tracking and an example of GA4 affiliate link click tracking too. How this GA4 course is tailored to bloggers. How to better vet plugins before you install them. And what's left behind when you don't. Why it's important to keep your sites up to date, even the ones you aren't active on. Tips for checking your site functions and outdated info and a list of themes to consider and ones to leave alone. So let's dive in. In Blackgate Happenings, this past week has been filled with nothing but finishing up with current client projects and digging hard into the GA4 course tutorials. Tips Tuesday will be a little different today because of that too. Now I skimmed the news and there's nothing urgent that you need for this week. So we'll cover what's up in the GA4 course and some handy site owner reminders and tips. But first I want to give you an update on my site services. Now we're coming to a close on the current site services projects that are open. And I imagine most will be finished by week's end. And I'm going to delay pulling in new projects until all but one or two of those are closed and only pull in maybe one at a time so I can continue to spend most of my day on the GA4 course. So the wait list is up to about three weeks at this point and will stay that way or longer through this month. If you're due for an audit checkup or want to have a service in November, now would be the time to put in that request. That's especially true since business picks up from now to the end of the year and that wait list is going to grow. And you know, guys, it's all about bandwidth because folks, I've been going day and night and weekends on the course and here's why. It's not about a matter of time. It's about mental bandwidth. Site tech work requires pretty intense focus. I mean, if I make a mistake... I could blow up someone's site. And then all the research and testing for the GA4 course takes pretty intense focus too. So I have to take breaks to rest and refresh my mind throughout the day. And that's also why I go back to it for a session after dinner and throughout the weekend too. So I can get as much done as possible each day without overwhelming myself. In Blogate course happenings, woohoo, I want to give you a progress report on the GA4 course because I've got exciting news for you this week and a bit of a peek into what's in the course too. It's all about learning without overwhelm. You know, needing a mental break is also why I'm splitting out the tutorials in the GA4 course like I am. I know this is a busy time of year for you as well. Plus, you'll be taking in a lot of new info. Now, I believe you'll appreciate me breaking up the course into bite-sized tutorials so you'll be able to get a whole section done and then take a mental break from it to see to your other duties. Then come back to it for another short session. And woo! The course vetting is underway! I put out an invitation to my hovers, who are my DIY site audit clients, for folks who dig deep into their analytics now to do a paid gig so I could show them the tutorials and get their feedback. 
and my peeps did not disappoint. I met live on Saturday with one of my top clients, and every ooh and ah she made let me know just how excited y'all will be with what's in this course. And then every oh my gasp confirmed what's going to be a pain point for you too. And she confirmed the direction that I'm taking with how to present that info that will take that pain away. Plus, over the weekend, I found yet another way to do a couple of the things that are so helpful and easier for you. Now, that was a great breakthrough, but it's also a bit of a setback because I have to make new tutorials for that part. However, all this extra research is really going to pay off because it helps me customize this course for my clients and followers. You know, 90% of you are bloggers, and there are certain things that you rely on in your analytics to help you make money on your site. Examples of the info you already rely on includes traffic acquisition, most frequented posts, behavioral flow, number of sessions, and time on site. Now, what else you need that you don't have now are things like tracking if your opt-in was seen and which post it was converted on, and then tracking affiliate clicks by post. You know, this is the kind of reporting that makes you money. And it also requires using Google Tag Manager, which I know most of you don't do now. I also know why you don't use it. It's a confusing beast. Now, that's the bulk of the research I'm having to do at this point. The custom reports in GA4 are awesome, but you have to find the element ID or unique code that identifies that thing first and then put that into Tag Manager so you can have it available in any metric in GA4. Then you have to build the custom report that shows you all the relevant info about that thing. Now, the element ID and how to set it up in Tag Manager is where the pain is for most folks. And it is so worth me spending the extra research and testing time to take that pain away for you. So I want to give you an example of opt-in tracking. So for instance, it would be nice to know if a visitor even saw your in-content opt-in or your pop-up opt-in. And it would be nice to know which posts they were on when they subscribed to. Now, that's going to help you know if your opt-in placement is the problem or if folks are just in the habit of scrolling quickly past everything to get to the recipe at the bottom or such. But wouldn't it also be nice to know if that visitor were a repeat instead of a new user? And they may already be on your email list. And that's why they didn't subscribe. That's the sheer power of these new GA4 reports when you use Tag Manager Plus, the newly improved and expanded default tracking that GA4 does that didn't even exist in UA or Universal Analytics, also called GA3. So let me give you another example of affiliate click tracking. So let's say you have the same affiliate link on a bunch of posts. Wouldn't it be nice to know which post a visitor was on when they clicked it? Or if you have a resource page that has a list of affiliate links, wouldn't you like to know what posts they were on when they clicked over to that resources page and then know all the clicks they made on that resources page? Hmm? 
Well, of course you would. It's all about taking away the pain because all of this kind of tracking starts with identifying certain elements on your post, like your opt-in form and the submit button or such. How much code do you want to look through on your site to figure out what the element is? None, right? So I've asked my Hubbards for links to post with their opt-ins, and I'm going to find that element ID for you because all of them use different email list providers and embed the forms in different ways. So I'll have a list in the tutorials of those combos, and all you have to do is pick the one you use and then verify that it's indeed on the site, and i show you an easy way to do that. Plus, the custom forms in GA4 have over 200 dimensions, metrics, and filters that you can add to the report. Plus, you have to know how to register the custom dimension you created in Tag Manager to make it available in those custom reports too. I guarantee there is no way you are going to want to watch some generic tutorial and try to figure out how to apply all of that to your tracking needs. So, I'm doing that for you and tailoring the tutorials to exactly what you're wanting to track. In other words, even if you don't understand all of the tech, you'll be able to follow a click here, do that tutorial on your exact site elements. The whole thing's tailored to you. So all the extra research and testing time I'm taking is going to be well worth it. This is what sets this course apart from all others. And all this extra effort to meet your exact needs as a blogger without the brain pain will be reflected in the price of the course. These are the metrics that make you money. And this is a great course for service providers too. So if you're a webmaster, a VA, or an SEO, you will be able to offer services to help set this up for your clients too. In fact, I'll be opening that service on Bloggate and I'm thinking about making a side course for folks who want to go even deeper into the advanced stuff so they can offer that service too. So I hear some of you asking, hey, I'm a newbie. Is this too much for me? Okay, so here it is. My top clients who make a minimum of $10,000 a month spend 90% of their time pouring over Google Analytics and Search Console reports and only 10% of their time creating effective content and products based on those metrics. And then my clients who are making under $3,000 a month are still on the hamster wheel of generating content that they hope catches on. And they only look at the vanity metrics and analytics of their most visited post. Now, they may look at Search Console a couple of times a year. So the bulk of my clients are somewhere in between those two camps. They're making a full-time income, and they want to see how to make more by improving what they already have and or creating content and products that they know will do well. And that's why I made breakpoints 
in the order of the GA4 tutorials to fit all three of those client types. Now, if mainly vanity metrics is what you look at, then you'll be able to see the things you see now in UA, like top posts, acquisition of traffic, sessions, and behavioral flow. But it's not a one-to-one -one correspondence in GA4. In fact, things like behavioral flow are gone. You can recreate it, and I'll show you how. So there is a cutoff point in the course that if you get just this much set up, you can stop. However, before you do, you'll see why behavioral flow leaves out all the good info and how you can create a custom report that lets you see not only what posts and pages folks started on and left on, but what they did while they were on each one. Did they just click on and click off quickly? Did they scroll? Did they spend any real time on that post? See what I mean about the limitations of what you're currently seeing in UA? Hmm? So, if you plan to just treat this like an upgrade to UA, you'll be missing all the real power of it. But the course is such that you can do that if you really want to. Okay, y'all, that's all the happenings around here. Let's get into some reminders for you, like site owner tips. You know, there are a few things that I feel like I say all the time, and I'm surprised when y'all don't remember them. <laughs> but the fact is, I do say them all the time. It's just to individual people most of the times and not to y'all as a whole. Or I say these things during your first site audit along with a gazillion other tips and you forget. So, here are a few reminders for you. You need to fetch your plugins deeply before installing. You know, many plugins create extra files, folders, and database tables when you install them. And even when you delete them, the plugin may no longer be in your list, but they leave all kinds of orphans behind that bloat your site and or cause conflicts with new things you install or even things you already have. Now, those orphans constitute the bulk of what we clean out during site audit fixes. So, please do deeply vet a plugin to see if it's a right fit for your needs before you install it on your site. So, here are some tips to help you do that. Visit the Blogin Plugins page and see if what you're looking for is listed there. And you may find a tutorial on how to set it up and use it, too. Now, if you are a hubber or a webmaster, ask in our private Facebook group. There may be someone who's already tried a plugin that I don't have listed. But do your own legwork first and let us know what plugins you've already vetted. But do not email me or put a comment on a blog post asking me about plugins. I'm already giving you tons of free resources. If you want to pick my brain, you can hire me or get into one of my paid support programs for the Hubbards and Webmasters. Okay, the next tip, keep all of your sites updated. The number one way sites get hacked is due to lack of updates. Be sure you do your updates regularly. The day after your weekly backup is a good time. And if you have more than one site, all of them need to be updated. That includes those that you're not currently active on with blogging and such too. 
every site puts all sites on your account at risk. The next reminder, check your functions quarterly. So every so often, you need to ensure functions on your site are working, like your contact form, your opt-in, and your purchase links. Next tip, check for out-of-date info. Check things on your homepage and sidebar for seasonal changes or outdated info. It would be a good idea to check your About page for those things, too. Next tip, limit third-party requests. The big thing that I find in audits that slows down sites are all the third-party requests coming into it, like Instagram, Pinterest, reward-style Amazon, and a Facebook pixel. A decent ad agency will not really slow down the site that much. And by decent, I mean the higher barrier to entry ones, like Mediavine. It's these third-party things that will kill your site speed. Now, there are ways to do some of them that don't kill your speed, especially with reward style on Amazon. So look into that. And for the IG and Pinterest things, have a look at the three speed-related sections on the Blogade Helpful Post page for alternatives. In theme tips, I know many of you have a theme revamp on your plate for later this year or next. And here are some tips and opinions to help you with that. I'm going to be calling out themes by name. Trellis. If you're with Mediavine and thinking about the trellis theme, just don't. Foodie Pro. Just don't. Genesis. If you have Genesis and you're thinking about moving to something that's faster, there is nothing substantially faster. And I've got my case study on Astra Cadence, Genesis, and Generate Press for you here to prove it. What is slow is your bloated-to-hell child theme. Don't throw out the baby with the bathwater on this. All three of Blogade sites are on Genesis. So my money is where my mouth is on this. In fact, you may recall that I just paid my designer to upgrade the themes on my two member sites. And she put Blogade on a better child theme base just a couple of years ago. And this is still the preferred framework for lots of business sites and bloggers. Cadence. The main Cadence dev was never really happy with the idea of having child themes. And he made an exception for one popular designer who was moving away from Genesis to what she thought was faster. But... Cadence is making it harder to create a child theme these days, and they strongly prefer that you do your design on the main framework. Now, this is going to get you out of paying for upgrades to your theme to keep compliant with WordPress core code changes, like what I'm doing with Blogate themes. But it also puts you at risk of your site breaking with WordPress core updates too. Now, the risk is small, with Cadence, but it is there. And Cadence is going to give you all the design choices that you want, too. But you will want to purchase the Pro version to get everything. Astra. Now, I thought Astra was the bee's knees when it first came out. And the UAG plugin was absolute tops. But 
over the years. Astra has shown that they are going to be very aggressive with being the leader in the space. They even topped WordPress for the number of theme downloads, and that's a huge achievement. But that bleeding-edge desire has, all too often, translated into massive breaks when they come out with a major update. That includes not only the Astra theme, but now the UAG Inspector plugin. Me and one of my webmasters have done all we can to work with them, even to the point of insisting that they have a real beta program for us to do deep testing. And I've even had to go so far as to put out a public post shaming them for some of their practices before they would even listen to us. Now, a couple of years ago, I had my book site put on Astra when it came time to revamp it, but I very quickly had it converted to Cadence because I could not take the stress of dealing with a potential break every time I did an update. I haven't had a minute of trouble out of it since the switch to Cadence. Now, Astra has gotten way better about this in the years since. But the Astra theme is just not as stable as Cadence, in my opinion, nor is the UAG Spectra plugin as stable as Cadence Blocks. Now, I've got the UAG Blocks all over Blogade, and I have yet to update to Spectra, as I still consider it buggy. And I don't plan to get rid of that plugin and replace it with Cadence Blocks anytime soon, if ever. But for my new secret project site, it will either be on Cadence or Genesis, and it will use Cadence Blocks plugin. No more Astra for me. Now, Astra is prettier and offers a few more design choices, but for me, function trumps fashion, and I want stability more than anything. But Astra will be the perfect fit for other site owners, and as I said, they have gotten way better with the testing. Now, I know many of you are also on Astra and use the UAG Spectra plugin, mainly because that's the one I recommended most. And you purchased the pro version to get all the styling choices. And I'm not suggesting you should change anything for your current site. But if you start a new site or you're coming out of another theme framework like Divi or Elementor or such, seriously consider your theme choice knowing what we know now about the track record of the devs between Astra and Cadence. All right, y'all, that's a wrap for this week's Tip Susie. Thanks for sharing this post and podcast with your blogging buddies and telling them about the GA4 course. And be sure to visit blogate.net for more tips and resources. And I'll see you online. <laughs>